I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd. Today I'm here with my friend Rivka. How are you today, Rivka? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. You ready to talk about General Conference? Always. Good. And we're, we also have with us today Burke. How are you today, Burke? I am wonderful as well. Good. I coerced Burke into uh, recording today without as much preparation as he wanted. So I'm I feeling... prefer to have the printed word in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> feeling a little guilty. We're doing this right after conference, a few days after conference. So not all of the uh, talks are available. So we're just going to wing it, a lot of it. So, And we have my favorite special guest of all time, my lovely wife, Deanna. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is weird for us because we're all sitting together in the same room. Usually we're recording from thousands of miles away and somehow that makes it easier almost, I don't know, to be sort of isolated, but we're all together and that, uh, and we're looking forward to that um, experience. So we have not seen each other for, I think Burke and I calculated 11 years. It was is 11 that right? years. Yeah. Yeah. When we lived together in Iowa and um, we had been wanting to visit the O'Neills for a long time and we decided um, we were just going to travel together and go somewhere and watch conference together. So that's what we did this weekend and yeah. it's been fantastic. So and um, despite some travel delays where we missed half of <laughs> Saturday conference, um, we've had a great time together. So, And by we, he means his family. We were here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You heard all of conference. So, so we're going to rely on you for insights. So uh-huh. it's going to be great. Um, so today's episode is just going to be sort of a recap of things we learned, themes, favorite talks, that sort of thing. And then uh, as they release the full printed versions or digital versions, uh, we will start recording. If you have never listened to our podcast before, we like to go through each and every talk from General Conference. And so maybe you just heard General Conference and you thought, oh, I wish there was a podcast about General Conference. Well, here it is. You found it. And uh, we're going to talk about every single one. This is our fifth General Conference. We've been doing this. 140 episodes, and we'd like to keep them around 30 minutes. Usually, it's a little bit more than that. And um, occasionally, we have um, my missionary daughter, our missionary daughter, since you're with us today, um, throw something in at the end as well from her mission she records. So, we have a lot of fun. We talk about the fundamental doctrine of each talk. We talk about the uh, invitations they extend to us and the promises associated with those invitations. So, with that, we're going to get into it. So let's start with Rivka. Rivka, tell me some themes that you heard during conference. One of the primary themes, maybe for me, so I kept hearing it throughout, um, started with Elder Rasband. He said, let us renew our commitment to the Book of Mormon. And so I felt like there were several, several speakers in conference who reminded us and encouraged us again to renew our commitment to reading the Book of Mormon, to sharing the Book of Mormon, 
and living the principles in it. Awesome. And just before this conference, we we read President Benson's Pride Talk. Maybe we should read his Book of Mormon talk in the future. So yeah, renew our commitment to flooding the earth with the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Burke, did you hear a lot of Book of Mormon talk? Uh, I definitely recall hearing a fair amount of Book of Mormon talk. That wasn't really the theme that leaned on me, I should say. Okay, awesome. So what leaned on you? What what stuck out? Well, the Saturday evening session was the one that really has kind of stuck in my mind. And the talks kind of similarly are about um, removing ourselves from the world or leaning you know, if you have this idea of leaning into business and work, perhaps we should lean away from the world <laughs> I like that. And, and lean in more to our willingness to be an example and our willingness to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Lean in. So what does that mean to you? How does that play out in real life? Uh, well, so I'll just, I'll read a quote here that I felt like kind of smacked me up the side of the head. Um, This was from Elder Pearson's talk Saturday evening. And he said, if our spiritual foundation is shallow or superficial, we might be inclined to base our willingness on a social cost benefit analysis or a personal inconvenience index. And if we embrace the narrative that the church consists primarily of outdated or politically incorrect social policies, unrealistic personal restrictions and time commitments, then our conclusions about willingness will be flawed. We should not expect the principle of willingness to trend positively with social media influencers or TikTok enthusiasts. The precepts of men rarely align with divine truth. And I so much in my life just want us all to get along. And I, I, I have this desire. It's like, well, why can't, you know, we just conform. I, I guess this idea of hiding in public a little bit, which I think I'm guilty of a lot of the time. Um, and I guess we, we shouldn't be hiding and we should recognize that adhering to the precepts of God is going to make us stand out and generally speaking, not in a positive way to most people. Oh, wow. that That's powerful. I definitely suffer from the same problem. I do not like contention. Um, I just want everyone to get along. And yeah, the, that idea of willingness to, I'm willing to do a lot of things that are asking me, but am I willing to also be bold and, and stand forth and stand yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. Who was that speaker? That was Elder Pearson. Elder Pearson. And that was the talk on willingness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you still willing? Yeah. yeah. He also somewhere in there had a phrase, something about casualness leading to casualty. I can't remember exactly how he said it. And it reminded me, <laughs> it's funny, you know, when you, when you immerse yourself in conference, how someone can say, you know, what was this conference about? And you don't have the slightest idea, but then someone will say something and it, and it pops into your mind. So he said, um, Oh, here it is. Casual and inconsistent covenant keeping leads to spiritual casualty. And I was like, I've heard that. And I could picture a voice saying casualness brings casualty. And it's uh, Elder Taniela B. Wakolo from April oh. 2018 <laughs> said that exact phrase. And so that was one of those times when, you know, the spirit can bring things to your remembrance. And when that happened, I was like, oh, that's cool. I love it when that happens. So Fantastic. I love it. Um, speaking of which, the talk right after that, Elder Silva also talked about the Book of Mormon. So back into that Book of Mormon theme yep. and how... Mm-hmm. He was um, a convert to the church, I think, yeah. um, who someone gave him a Book of Mormon. That was a theme for me. Just number one, how many people talked about their conversion stories. So we have yeah. general authorities and other 
leaders, organization leaders who are, are converts, which is pretty cool to think about. But also just how vulnerable people are in conference now. We had someone talk about a daughter who, you know, was suicidal. We had someone talk about how they were abused. Um, just the willingness of these individuals mm-hmm. to get up and share their stories to the whole world. Yeah, Elder uh, Morrison talked about losing a son because mm, he didn't respond to his wife's prompting. Quickly yeah. Like, oh, that whoa. one was heart wrenching. Oh, and he he did it with, uh, you know, I don't know. He like he, a candid openness. Yes, it was amazing, amazing. Yeah, and his lesson was to listen to his wife. Um, <laughs> yeah. So now I'm going to listen. Good to, message. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Now I'm going to listen to my wife. So <laughs> tell me what your themes were that you heard. Um. So I there were a lot of different themes that all kind of for me personally connected into one thing that I need to do, which basically comes down to taking personal responsibility for um, my efforts in doing those individual things. So for me, Temple was a big one, which Mm -hmm. has been ongoing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I've talked about that goal before. And so I definitely heard that of how much we need to go to the temple to receive the power that we need that power to make the changes in our lives that are necessary. Um, And also a theme of taking personal responsibility for how I am caring for my brothers and sisters around me. And not, I think for me specifically, the message, like I feel like I do a good job of taking care of the specific people around me that are in my um, sphere of influence. Um, But also, I guess it just hit me that I need to increase my efforts in also taking care of my brothers and sisters in a more general way in outside of that sphere, you know, Mm. doing more good to just taking care of our brothers and sisters. Um, And then also taking personal, it it was brought up a lot, quoting president Nelson of personal revelation over and over and over again. And that's also something I've been working on for a long time. And just another nudge and reminder to me that I have to be constantly working toward learning how to receive revelation, receiving it and acting on it. All of those things. Okay. So receiving revelation, going to the temple, and taking care of those around you, being compassionate towards others. Yep. Now, it's funny that you use the word personal responsibility because I happen to know that you have the most like powerful testimony of personal responsibility and moral agency of anyone I know. <clears throat> so, to have you be prompted to lean into something you're already great at is interesting. Here's the thing. We have <laughs> millions of opportunities every day to embrace <laughs> our moral agency. That's the thing yeah, is that you right. can, you can never, I, the more I learn, the more I realize how much I'm not acting on it and using it in the ways that I should, you know what I mean? Like there's so much room for, like Burke said, leaning in to that agency and using it better and more fully, you know? Yeah. Never, it's a never-ending process. It's sure. an internal process. Continuous. Yep. Continuous. Awesome. Well, speaking of President Nelson, um, that was another theme I heard. At one point, I turned to Rivka. I don't know where Burke was, <laughs> but Rivka and Burke are the general conference experts in my life. So I 
like to ask them general That's conference kind of questions. Low bar, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I said, has have we ever had a prophet quoted so many times in conference while they were still alive? I feel like every talk quoted President mm-hmm. Nelson. It's every talk all the time, and I don't know. What do you guys think? It's almost like he is the prophet for our time. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Called specifically. (laughs) Yes, right. To teach God's most relevant word to us now. Indeed. And we talked about reasons for that other than that he's prophetic and he says prophetic things, but maybe the way media occurs nowadays influences that. Um, um, I'm not sure, but man, every, every talk there's a president Nelson quote. So, and one of our favorite conference moments when, Elder Anderson was speaking and then he pulls out this yes. like hastily folded piece of paper on which he'd either typed out or written down a quote from President Nelson from earlier yes. in conference and yep. read it off the paper. I loved that. Yeah. yeah. I wish they'd shown a clip, like a flashback of him taking notes, <laughs> like writing that down. Oh, I'm going to yeah. use that in my talk. That was really he, like, good. Text him. Can you please send me that quote and then print it out between sessions or something? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about individual talks. So Rivka, did any specific speakers stand out to you? There were, yeah, a few that I'm really looking forward to like getting into deeper for myself and discussing. Um, One of them was Sister Browning from the first session. And she's the one who spoke about um, her glasses, you remember, and how they helped to clarify and see. And then she, she talked about things that are our spiritual glasses that help us clarify, you know, our vision as we live our lives. And then she asked the question, what would he have us see? And her answer was him. And she said, Jesus Christ is the purpose of our focus and the intent of our direction. And I love that. So I'm really anxious to go back and revisit and dig into that talk a little more because I know there was stuff there I missed as I was like, I know, you know, you get like caught up on one thought as they're speaking and then you're like, oh, they've been speaking for a few more minutes and I've been missing it. So that one for sure. Um, sister Craig, I didn't really mean to pick all women, but they were speaking to me this time, I guess. Um, when she talks, uh, well, she talked about how trials don't mean that we're failing and then ways that we, um, as disciples can believe like, well, she talks about three truths that we can believe and grow in. Um, that we can keep covenants even when it's not easy. We can act in faith and we can be wholehearted and joyful in our devotion. And I loved when she said, because the end of that talk was like sort of a personal declaration, which was really beautiful. That was great. When I stumble, I will keep getting up. I loved that sentence that for me, I was like, yes, I want to, that's how I feel too. I will keep getting up even when I... Yeah, because she told that story about the pioneer woman yeah. who fell in the mud. Mm-hmm. She was pulling a handcart, yeah. and this article was very derogatory towards her that, yep. in the yeah. the newspaper. And and she, yeah, that was a, such a good talk. And Sister Craig, I, I for some reason, she always speaks to me as well. And maybe it's because she always seems to be very hopeful and joyful. Yes. And and even when you're falling in the mud, she wants to get up and serve with joy. So, yeah, she yeah, was great. I agree. Really good. Um, <clears throat> always Elder Gong. 
<laughs> because he, he, for me, he, Elder Bednar, Elder Christofferson, there are some of them who, when I listen, I think this one's going to take three or four read-throughs because there's just, and in their own ways, but Elder Gong is one of those sort of soft-spoken, but the way he looks at the gospel is so tremendously unique to him and he expresses it so well. And and so even like I was taking notes and I was like, I'm I'm missing stuff. I know I'm missing stuff. I'm trying to piece this together. So his talk um about let's see what it was called. It's like happy and forever, right? And how those mm-hmm. two two things work. So I'm really excited about that one. Elder Bednar's discussion um, about the lessons we can learn from the parable of the marriage of the king's son was pretty profound. I'm looking forward to that. And then I really want to go back. This is my last one that I'll share. Um, Sister Yi from the Saturday afternoon session, she she starts out with the story of Abigail and Nabal. So hers was a really fascinating talk to me. She got very Old Testament right in the beginning. And um, she spoke on forgiveness. She was the one who shared, right, with the permission of her father that she had grown up in a in a somewhat abusive home and held a lot of anger about that. Um, but during that talk, the Spirit taught me something profound about the book of Isaiah. So that's another reason I want to go back and <laughs> read that. She quoted um, from Isaiah 61 where – well, I should pull this up here. I did this backwards. Um, Isaiah 61, verse 3, when uh, Isaiah says that he will give unto them beauty for ashes, right? That's yeah, the, that's such a the great part that she quoted. Isaiah phrase. And because the ashes are there and he's going to create beauty from those ashes. But what the Spirit taught me during this was that at the beginning of Isaiah, it brought to my recollection, the scripture in chapter three of Isaiah, way back at the beginning, when he's talking about the daughters of Zion and their haughtiness and and their fine apparel, and that they that they are mincing and tingling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, but that their their hearts are turned toward this, and they're and they're gleaning their value from it, whatever it is. You know, all the all of the things that the world tells them and society tells them will make them beautiful and of value. And at the end of that, it he says that it will come to pass that there will be all of these things instead of the sweet smell, stink, girdle, in, um, instead of a girdle, a rent, instead of their well-set hair, baldness, all of this comparative stuff. But then the very end it says, and burning instead of beauty. And the footnote there for burning is a branding or a mark of slavery, that they've become enslaved by this stuff. And so burning instead of beauty. And so they had beauty, but because of what they embraced, there was a burning, which would create ashes. And then we have this beautiful book of Isaiah showing how God is going to fulfill the covenant. At the end, he says he's going to make beauty again from the ashes. And so, yeah, I loved that um, moment that I had with the Spirit during Sister E's talk. So I've also got to go back and reread that talk because I don't know where that came from in there, but yeah. 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 Elder Bednar loves to say, don't write down what I'm saying, write down what the spirit (laughs) is saying to you. Yes. Right. Fantastic. (laughs) And speaking of Rivka's favorite talks, how many times did speakers refer to the young single adult devotional from May? (gasps) So many, right? So many times. 
Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, I was not the only one reading and rereading and yeah. rereading that one. Such a good talk. Yeah. So again, go back and read that one if you haven't. So, mm-hmm. And again, quoting the prophet. Yes. <laughs> Qu- <laughs> quoting the prophet. <clears throat> uh, Burke, how about you? What, what were some of your favorite talks? You know, the interesting thing for me, because I primarily listen, I don't a lot of times look at the screen, even if I'm in the same room and how often I looked up at the screen because my heart was touched. And to realize that the person on the screen was a person of color. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was the first time I think I ever in my heart, I realized how wonderful the church is made by everyone from everywhere that, that comes into it with different backgrounds and different experiences. And I'm just so grateful that, um, that the world's being gathered this way that we can all benefit from those experiences. Um, the ones off the top of my head were the one Rivka already talked about, um, the sister that talked about the glasses. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Sister Browning. Sister Browning. And then a convert um, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then elder, uh, Denelson Silva, who we've always taught already talked about from Saturday evening. And then Isaac Morrison, um, from Sunday afternoon, who was the one who lost the son. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I was really struck by that and how wonderful the increasing diversity in the church is. Yeah. Awesome. So no other specific talk you want to mention? Um, well, I also really liked Elder Renlin using a airplane analogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also reiterating again, a truth that I wish we didn't need reiterated. And that is that only one person can receive revelation for the church yeah. as a whole. And that is the prophet. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Deanna was waiting for Elder Uchtdorf to like come up behind Elder Renan and like knock him on the head and like, hey, give him the that's rest my of the talk. Do that. But he'd already spoken and not used an airplane reference. Yeah. So I feel like Elder Renlin just had his back there. That's like, right. So we have one every conference. That's right. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Um, for me, I, there was a lot of individual talks. That one on willingness, I loved. Also, the Sunday morning talk. I mean, what a what a murderer's row. That's an old baseball reference. So it may not sound very appropriate, but for those who love baseball, elder Holland, elder gong, elder Bednar, president Lund, who I don't know how many people love him, but I love his talks. And then a few individuals I hadn't heard of, but whose talks I loved sister Dennis and elder Satati, um, all excellent. And then of course, president Nelson gives his sort of, um, Sunday morning conference address then. So yeah, I love that whole time. I loved Elder Bednar just going super deep into that parable. I love a great, it was like being, it was like having him as a Sunday school teacher for a class on parables. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Elder Holland is always so good. um, And his discussion of the cross. So actually somebody um, in the ward texted me earlier in the week. I don't think they listened to the podcast, but um they um, texted me and said, you know, would, could the atonement have happened with, without the cross? Um, could is a loaded word because, of course, it could happen anyway the yeah. Lord chose to. But it certainly did not happen without the cross. And I was struck by how he was talking about the cross with mm-hmm. a friend and he transitioned right to the atonement. He never mentioned the Garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. yeah. um, and he never mentioned that part of the atonement. He just assumed that we all understood that the crucifixion was part of the atonement. And um, Deanna and I just saw a beautiful passion play and saw a very real, um, dare I say, even graphic description of that. And it, 
it, betrayal. Yeah, or p- portrayal of that. Thank you. Um, yeah, and it hits home when it's like a real person hanging on a real cross. Like this is oh, wow. very uh, terrible. I don't know how to even express yeah. what it was like, but yeah. So just to hear him talk about that and say like, this is why we don't use the cross as iconography, but we we certainly believe that that is part of his you know, atonement and his death is, is, you know, leading right into the resurrection. So I loved that talk as well. Just lots of great ones, but that Sunday morning session, despite the fact that I fell asleep during that session, but <laughs> I remembered a lot yeah. of it. So, so, comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't for that long. The first time I snored, Deanna um, tapped me on the head. So I didn't, yep. I didn't sleep that long. So, okay. Deanna, how about you? Okay, so it's rough going last because I don't think I have any <laughs> unique ones. You guys men- also mentioned a lot of the same. So again, for me, Elder Bednar, as I was listening to it and right after it was over, I was like, okay, wow, I just learned so much. And that was like one more layer. And there's 10 more layers in there mm-hmm. that I can probably yep. dig through if I really, really put forth effort. And I, I really look forward to that, um, to learning from that. I also loved... Uh, Elder Hollins, um, Elder Uchtdorf. Um, that was one I just listened to this morning. Oh, we have we, to talk about that. We missed yeah. it. Um, what, we were, so tell us what he talked about. Um, so he uh, talked specifically to the like the young men and young women, um, but I felt it hit me, you know. And and he, you know, talked about how there's a new for strength, an updated for strength of the youth that's very. Um, principle based and teaching principles and letting that guide your actions. And I'm going to jump in real quick on that. So, um, and we were, we were struggling to find it in the app. So it's the for strength of youth guidebook or something is, is that the full name? Because there's a for strength of youth magazine. So not to confuse the two. Oh, right. They changed that name. And if you read, and it's called a guide to choices, I think, Mm -hmm. which is pretty making choices, making choices, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. And then... Yeah, it's called For the Strength of Youth Guide. There you go. Yeah. For the Strength of Youth Guide, a guide to making choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we detected the hand of Elder Bednar, because if you read the introduction, <laughs> yes. it says each section is organized by eternal principles, or some might say fundamental doctrines, <laughs> eternal principles, invitations, and promised blessings. Um and I, I've read through the whole thing. Uh, I, I made that a point to do that as quickly as I could um, so that we can start implementing this in our youth program. And I was struck as to some of the very specific things that remained, like waiting till 16 to date individually, um, specific descriptions of the word of wisdom, coffee, tea, smoking, etc. cetera. Um, they're very specific about pornography. And then a lot of the other things are more general principles. Now, the media, it doesn't say rated R movies anymore. It just says, you know, things that are uplifting and so forth, which I had a discussion with my son and we said, well, if you follow the principle to a T, probably, mm-hmm. you know, restrictive. yeah, yeah it's, probably, it's almost more restrictive. It's more restrictive <laughs> then you're like, yeah, there's probably actually a lot of people 13 that yeah. I shouldn't be watching. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Less it's, again, specifically this higher, prescriptive, but yep. more restrictive. Yep. Yeah. Follows <laughs> or more free with ministering, right? Kind of a higher, holier way. Of, yes. If you need right. to yeah. seek personal so, revelation on how to live this principle in your life. Yeah. So go read that. Um, it's amazing. And uh, I really liked the changes. So oh. sorry. What else? I also loved Elder Gong 
Um, there were, yeah, so, so, so many. I'm just really looking forward to digging. And there are still a couple that I have, I missed because of our travel delays or whatever. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to going back and yep. hearing those for the first time. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw in one thing that Aaliyah loved. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> she'll be home in six months. So maybe after the April conference, she'll record with us. But um, her quote was, the cost of discipleship is so high because the gift of the Holy Ghost yep. is priceless. Yep. yep. Yeah. And she also sent us a melting emoji and a fire emoji. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she loved conference. Yeah. So, so what else, Rivka? Oh, I forgot. Like, as I was flipping through my notes, I was like, Elder Suarez talk on true marriage. Yeah. That was beautiful. That was such an incredible talk that really lays out the doctrine of what equality in marriage looks like. And yeah. it's like, there's no question after hearing his talk. Yeah. This is not, there's no president, vice president, <laughs> he said. Um, and, and the doctrines of just the way that God views his children that underlie this equality between men and women. Yeah. And he gave a great um, definition of presiding and nurturing. Um, I'm sure we'll get deep into that when we read about it. He also referred to the patriarchal priesthood, which is something you don't hear a lot about, but there's the separation between like the patriarchal and the administrative. So like the familial priesthood and the Mm -hmm. ecclesiastical priesthood. Um, So that was pretty interesting. And there's a huge difference in how those are implemented. Like if you read through the church handbook, there's a bunch of times it says like ward council should not make decisions without the bishop uh, and membership councils. You know, the bishop seeks counsel from his counselors, but it's his decision and they sustain him. And there's all these, that's a lot different than how a husband and wife work together. And sometimes those things get confused yeah. and it makes it confusing. But he he was clear as a bell on, yeah. on that. I'm really looking forward to reading to that, that through that in detail. So that was a good one. Okay, any others before we, we finish up? So many. They're all good. I know. So many. <laughs> right. We should talk about all of them. Should. <laughs> I should study no, all the, of them. <laughs> we, we talk about every talk in General Conference, and it's one episode. We just we just do all of them at once, and then we're done. That's no, we're going we're gonna to go back through. So awesome. Well, again, if you're new and just finished listening to General Conference, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Please interact with us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook using uh, our handle Words of the Prophets Podcast. You can also email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. Many weeks we release two a week, um, sometimes one, sometimes none, but for the past four conferences, we've hit every single talk and then added a few greatest hits in, in air quotes, greatest hits uh, <laughs> in there as well. So we look forward to doing that again. Uh, so thank you all for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you as we delve deep into this conference in the future. And until next time. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, Some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle. 
just to you.